Hi, I'm Beth O'Malley with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm a digital content editor. And hi, I'm Liz Miller. I'm also a digital content editor at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And we are thrilled to be reviving the Inside the Post-Dispatch podcast. Very excited. Also a little bit nervous, I have to say. Yeah. Well, we're both um, digital, obviously, first, and we have print backgrounds, and so now audio is that next frontier. Exactly. I've been doing a lot of video editing, but I'm not in any of the video. I don't plan to be in many videos. No, podcasting is my ideal. I really have a face for podcasting, I think. Totally agree. (laughs) To start off, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the news that has uh, our readers interested. And one of those things is the Missouri legislature, specifically uh, the Senate. They started out a bit of a mess, and they've only continued. They've kind of devolved into a dumpster fire. Um, They've been filibustering redistricting plans for the congressional seats for about the last week. They said they were going to stop on Saturday, and now the leadership is pointing fingers at each other. There's a lot of blame going around. Uh, It's just a mess. And luckily, uh, the Jefferson City team, Grace Zokovich, Kurt Erickson, and Jack Suntrup, have been doing a great job covering it. It's included a lot of late nights. Um, They've been listening to, I think, a lot of rambling speeches, which... Man, I just have a lot of admiration for that uh, stamina. Yeah, (laughs) that's politics. Yes, exactly. Um, Beyond redistricting, they've also been talking about the health department director, who was an interim director, the governor's pick, uh, Donald Karoff, and the Senate didn't vote on his confirmation, so he had to resign. Yeah. And, you know, there is a lot of, there was protests about the, the idea that um, Parsons nominee was going to be putting vaccination or masking mandates out, despite, you know, no evidence that, that he had ever said he would do that. Um, and I think that really was what undid his chances, was that that word got spread. And uh, the governor was very unhappy that his pick had been treated this way uh, and basically came out and said that, you know, he would, which kind of got Carson in hot water for something else, but that he had picked someone who really shared his values, specifically Christian values. Yes. Um, and so there has been a lot of discord, but I guess when is there not in Jeff City? Well, I mean, it's politics. There's always going to be discord. What's interesting about this is that the governor is a Republican, the Senate and the House are both led by Republicans. You would think that they would not only get along a little bit better, but the governor says he wants pay increases, for example, for... Uh, Missouri employees, and the House says, no, I don't think we're going to pass the plan that you specifically wanted. So there's a lot going on in Jefferson City. We'll have to keep tuned to our team there to see what else is going to happen. Yeah, I look forward to seeing what happens next in the GOP infighting in <laughs> Jeff City. Um, kind of on a lighter note, I guess, unless you're a you know big fan of Anheuser-Busch, uh, this weekend was the Super Bowl on Sunday, and Anheuser-Busch is our um, business reporter Austin Hugley has been reporting on covered uh, Anheuser-Busch's attempt to crack back into the top 10 in USA Today's ad meter, which historically for many years, but not so recently, Anheuser-Busch Super Bowl ads always rated on that chart. Um, they were attempting to get back into that again this year with six ads. A handful of them had celebrity endorsements. One of them featured a, the resiliency of a injured uh, and then nurse back to health Clydesdale uh, but unfortunately, we found out yesterday that the Anheuser-Busch did not crack into that uh, top 10 this year. 
And, you know, looking at Austin's reporting from last week, we had some a representative from Anheuser-Busch say, oh, well, that's not really a goal for us. Really, we do focus on social media engagement. And um, there, was a, there was a decent amount of chatter on social, some of it confused about these ads. Yeah. Um, Beth, did you see them? What did you think? I saw the ads, and the Clydesdale won. Well, before the Super Bowl even aired, for the Clydesdale ad specifically, the Daniel Blake, who made it his advertising for the Bud brand, said it was going to be one of the most iconic commercials in uh, Budweiser history. And I saw it on TV while drinking a microbrew and thought it was, like, I was like, what? That's it? Like, it didn't even register in the room I was in with my family. So it really seemed to spark a little bit more confusion uh, than iconic brand. And it definitely didn't rise to the level of the Budweiser frogs. Yeah. <laughs> or even worse, it didn't definitely didn't rise to the level of the what's up guys. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's funny, right? Because you grew up in St. Louis. Um, you're from St. Louis. I am as well. And I, we remember those 90s, early 2000s, really, really iconic. I mean, we're talking about like into the early 2000s when Anheuser-Busch was just rolling on this top 10 list where those ads were national conversation. They entered pop culture and there was a, a definite point of pride. People were proud to work at AB. They were proud to hear Brood in St. Louis uh, on these commercials. And it, I don't know if it's MBEV. I'm not sure if it's advertising, but it, it has not been the same. Yeah. And it doesn't, it sounds like, you know, there isn't a consensus about what that is either. Obviously, Super Bowl ads are a rare occasion these days, at least in America, where people of, you know, all ages are tuned into this one event. You don't have that happening outside of hopefully State of the Unions um, much anymore with streaming and how people come to their entertainment. So uh, I do wonder, you know, maybe there is some credibility to Anheuser-Busch not putting so much emphasis on this top 10 list. Uh, especially maybe among products like their low-carb or zero-carb, not sure which it is, Bud Light Next product that's new. Um, but even there, you know, it's kind of hard to believe because the ad that they put out felt like it was less for a Gen Z or millennial crowd and maybe more for someone who has a you know, muddier idea of what the future of uh, Anheuser-Busch is. I don't know. I would, Maybe them themselves. I would say that both of us, I mean, despite being women, both of us are in kind of that prime advertising age group, you know, social socioeconomic group, and these ads just did not appeal to me. I wasn't sure why Guy Fieri was on my screen, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I'm a guy stan, uh, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm not going to drink Bud Light Seltzer because of him, so... Uh, I think that they still have some work to do and if they want to crack that uh, top 10 and hopefully restore some pride uh, to, you know, to the St. Louis area in doing so. And on kind of a similar note, uh, yeah. another local, uh, if you will, controversy that's happened recently uh, was our new area code that we're going to have. Yes. This one definitely got people talking <laughs> way more than a Budweiser ad did. So we'll bring in Bryce Gray to talk about that. Okay, we're here with Bryce Gray, who wrote the story about the new area code. And Bryce, I didn't know this before you wrote the story, but you're something of an aficionado of area codes. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I've taken an interest in them for quite some time, at least dating back to college. And um, yeah, just a, a sort of side interest, I guess you could say, that I'd pent up a bunch of Otherwise, mostly useless knowledge on, uh, and then finally, uh, 
came to fruition that I got to write about it, uh, you know, here under tragic circumstances, I'll admit, but was glad that I could at least share some background knowledge on it. And real quickly sum up what is happening. So uh, we received word just uh, the other week that um, the days are numbered here for um, the 314's soul reign in St. Louis, where... Uh, you know, the 314 isn't going away, but uh, we're going to welcome, you know, a roommate, so to speak, uh, the 557. So um, the uh, some state regulators said that uh, probably around August, or actually I should say as soon as August, we could see uh, the 557 area code overlaid on top of everything that is now 314 turf. So 314 would still be around, but new numbers would get 557. Um, correct. It sounds like there's a chance. I mean, you know, they use some squishy wording like, okay. you know, August is as soon as it could roll out. Right. So, you know, uh, they've already sort of staved this off for 20 years or more, it sounded like. Uh, so, you know, there's a chance maybe it could get pushed a little farther down the road. I don't really know um, many details about that. And then it sounded like there are some rays of hope, I guess you could say, where some other area code, so, um, you know, like in Springfield, Illinois, they're mm-hmm. the 217, or at least they had been for uh, going back to the 1940s. A couple years ago, though, the same thing happened there, um, but where they welcomed a new area code, I believe it was 447 there. Okay. Uh, but they said at the time in Illinois that there were, still was a possibility that some 217 numbers would be issued for a little while. So, you know, I don't think it's like in August uh, for us, you know, it would be a, a drop-dead sort of deadline where right. no 314 number will, you know, ever be issued again. Um, you know, there there could be a little bit before we reach that point of exhaustion as they, they coin the term, I guess. And as you can imagine, when this news came out, Twitter erupted <laughs> because 314 is you know, part of St. Louis's identity. It's a little bit like Anheuser Bush, where yeah. you think of St. Louis, you think of 314. Um, we celebrate March 14th as Pi Day and St. Louis, Louis Pi. Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do wonder, though, to that point, you know, Bryce, it sounds like you are a area code aficionado mm-hmm. in general. Uh, you know, a lot of cities have this kind of attachment to an area code, especially if it is their first area code. And in some ways, I think that this is good news for St. Louis. You know, maybe it is a sign that we are growing and we're going to have, you know, maybe some healthy, friendly competition uh, among residents for that 314 area code. Uh, you know, is that is that true? What's your feeling on that? Well, uh, you know, I certainly agree with what you guys are touching on about, uh, you know, I, I guess I should back up and explain, mm-hmm. yeah, my fascination uh you know, it gets into some of the history, which I can get to, but, you know, first and foremost, it's that point you guys are bringing up, that area codes, as we've seen, spark this fierce loyalty, <laughs> uh, and, you know, they've become these sources of regional pride and identity, uh, um, as you've noted as well, and I would say that has sort of increasingly uh, become the case over time. You know, they, uh, as our article reference, and as, you know, plenty of songs and t-shirts and hats and stuff reference too you know it's sort of uh area codes not just here in st louis but all over the map uh can become this shorthand shout out for you know a certain city or state and uh 
you know, I think that's pretty cool. Um, you yeah. Know, just, just, you know, at the Super Bowl this weekend, Dre was shouting out 213, and, uh, you know, um, Joe Burrow, I uh, tweeted about this, his, like, draft night attire. This was, of course, during the pandemic, so he was just at home, but right. he was wearing a t-shirt that had his native 740 area code, so. Where's 740? Uh, I believe Athens, Ohio, so oh, okay. Southern Ohio, but, um. Anyway, you wrote a little bit about how the number actually used to have some significance and that the easier it was to dial <laughs> on an old rotary phone where, for those who don't know, you had to put your finger in one of the holes mm-hmm. and like zero was all the way at the end and then you had to wait for it to cycle all the way back and mm-hmm. click, click, click. Anyway, right. sorry. So this is where it gets nerdy and I think really, uh, really fascinating though. You can almost like see the matrix in at least these original old area codes uh, when they were first rolled out in the 1940s. So they aren't just these totally random numbers, or at least they weren't back then. There was some rhyme or reason to it. So, uh, And it's all because of the rotary phone, as you were explaining. So right. generally, uh, you know, bigger, more populated places got smaller numbers. So New York City, for instance, got 212. Chicago, 312. LA, 213. So... You know, picture that rotary phone dial in your head here. Uh, you know, the dial is not going to have to turn very far if you're dialing 212, 213, stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, that reduces wear on the dial. It also saves time, you know. But then on the other side of the coin, uh, places where, you know, uh, far fewer people lived right. um, got these, quote, big numbers. So... Vermont got 802, and keep in mind, a zero is the biggest number on a rotary phone. So, right. Vermont, you're dialing 802. All right, we'll throw them a bone, we'll give them a two, a little number. But, For the uh, listeners, Bryce is drawing circles <laughs> in the air as he's yeah. indicating each of these numbers. And, uh, and so, um, you know, they also gave places, so Idaho, they love to play this game where they just gave Idaho the same digits but flipped around, so 208. So, okay. you know, it, it might look like a smaller number, you know, numerically, I guess, but, you know, it, it, to a rotary phone, it's the same, you know, rough treatment that uh, Vermont got. Also adds up to the same treatment that Montana got, 406, Wyoming, 307. You know, they kind of all add up to the same thing, so they love that playbook. Um, I just have to say, Bryce has no notes. This is all off the top of his head. <laughs> yes. He knows all of this. Committed to memory. I brought, uh, yeah, well, I scribbled like two bullet points. Uh, in fact, maybe I need to get to some of them. Well, so one of them here is, <laughs> so, you know, these area codes, they were given this this general order owing to rotary phones back in the day. Right. But, of course, what's happened since the 1940s and now? Oh, well, obviously... Tons and tons of new phone lines sprouted into existence. Pagers happened for a time there. Uh, maybe still. I'm not going to judge if anyone's still rocking a pager. Uh, and, you know, cell phones, of course, too. So, you know, there's been obviously this explosion of new phone lines. And so over time, uh, of course, new area codes have sprouted up. The 314 is one of those, you know, several, do- several dozen uh, original area codes. But, of course, it used to cover half the eastern half of Missouri okay and so it has steadily you know eroded away over time as you know stuff like the 573 came into existence in the middle parts of the state 
Um, you know, and I guess here in more recent history, it's of course just been uh, St. Louis and some of the immediate surroundings, although we've also seen, uh, you know, the 636 pop up, for instance, in sort of, you know, more outer suburbs. Uh, but now another sort of new new part of the playbook, I guess, are these overlays, which is what the 557 is. So that right. that term overlay refers to the fact that they're not carving out, you know, new territory for a 557, but it's just going to coexist, as uh, you know, the state put it, with the 314. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think that's where the, you know, um, outrage is online, is that St. Louis City, at least the city proper, you know, 314 isn't just a, a symbol of pride, um, but there is, you know, so much like we talked about identity wrapped up in it. And now if you live in the city of St. Louis, you could have a 557 area code. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, as you said, in August, if they stick to that, uh, how mm. things go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, these so these original area codes, I mean, they really are these endangered species <laughs> kind of all over the map because, you know, there's just this inevitable uh, you know, growth of, uh, I mean, there's a finite supply of them and, uh, you know, um, we're seeing, uh, places scrape bottom kind of all over the place. And so, and it's tough to get around that, it, you know, maybe unavoidable in a lot of ways, but there are some tactics. I, I'm still hoping to learn a little more about this, really get in the weeds, but, uh, you know, they, they can and have delayed that exhaustion date in places like, 314, for instance, um, for quite a while. I mean, originally, uh, you know, they sounded the alarm about exhaustion here back 20 years ago and, uh, you know, sort of played with some new strategies that could prolong its life. And, huh. you know, it worked up until now. I don't know if there's any more wiggle room they can, they can find. You know, the same thing plays. I used to uh, live and work in Montana and, uh, Montana, as big as it is, it's all covered by one area code, the 406, and, you know, it's like this brand or identity out there, especially, and uh, uh, they're kind of facing the same thing where, you know, it's days in theory are numbered, they keep trying and, and so far succeeding in finding ways to sort of push that sunset back, but, um, you know, we'll see. Um, and I, I another point I, I wanted to make was just uh, you mentioned, yeah, you know, soon we're going to see a new area code show up here. People are obviously fiercely loyal about, you know, their 314 heritage. Uh, <laughs> in in some, I mean, people were joking about this online, as you guys yeah. saw, but, yeah. uh, uh, you know, in other cities, um, it's not just a joke. There's truth to it that people will pay sometimes, you know, $1,000 or more for you know, a 212 area code in New York, for instance, to right. look like your, you know, official uh, or, you know, a, a throwback to the, the good old 212 area code days. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see similar stuff happening here if people try to find ways to jockey for, you know, that, uh, that 314 street cred, you know? I was going to ask you about that. I find that fascinating, uh, you know, that, like you said, in New York, when 212 is sunsetted, uh, that now folks to sort of, I guess, for the clout will pay <laughs> however much they can to get that area code. And one, I didn't realize you could do that. This maybe is revealing too much about my lack of knowledge of area <laughs> codes, but thankfully you're here. Um, 
So in theory, in August, let's say no more 314s, how do you buy someone's phone number? <laughs> this uh, remains to be seen, or at least from where I sit, my, uh, uh, you know, people might know, but yeah, I don't know the details of how you, you know, Just go the, to the Verizon stories, store and say. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, these uh, other sort of widely reported things about, you know, people in other area codes that have gone through the same thing. I don't know how they get the hookup if uh, yeah. <laughs> they got to go, you know, find someone, you know, on the on the street who's got the hot 314, you know, area code numbers. I don't really know how that works, but... um. We'll have to yeah, watch, and you will have to watch and do a follow-up story. Oh, man. Follow-ups. For people who want to look <laughs> old school. Follow-ups galore uh, await on this. Uh, I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. so. Black area code market. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in and chatting. Glad to do it. All right. Well, Beth, I don't know about you, but I found that so fascinating. And, again, thanks to Bryce for joining us. I know that's going to be a story that our audience is going to love following, and we will definitely be – um, keeping everyone uh, on it as it develops. <laughs> Definitely. And it's great when a reporter gets to cover something that they're passionate about, but don't usually get to report on. So that's always fun. Yeah, I feel like we have so many folks like that in the newsroom who have these overlapping interests, right? And uh, I think Bryce is, I think I can safely say the best person, uh, but professionally and personally qualified <laughs> to report on area codes uh, in the St. Louis area. Who so, knew? Uh, yeah, who knew? It's really fun. Um, but thank you all for joining us today. We are super excited to be reviving the Inside the Post-Dispatch podcast, and we want to hear from you. Please let us know what you enjoyed about the podcast, what you'd like to see uh, in the future, story ideas, tips. If you have questions for us about previous coverage, we may not know the answer, but we can talk to the reporters who do and bring them on. Uh, our news tips uh, form is at stltoday.com slash news tips and so you can use that to send us tips or feedback absolutely well uh thanks for joining us again see you next time have a good week